starts off on Sunday, which is basically riding on the wings, the very fact that the Lord has proposed in his heart by the Spirit to crown us with his loving kindness. And with that knowledge, we came on Sunday to come to the understanding that the Lord himself, being able and willing to crown us with his loving kindness, we came to study a personality in scripture, which was the man King David, who we understand by virtue of study that he enjoyed utmostly what the loving kindness and the mercies of the Lord was. And there was an experience on the threshing floor that gave us an indication that David did not only enjoy the loving kindness of God, but was able to walk himself, position himself by the reason of study or by the reason of the unction of God on him to understand how to win and how to win the hearts of God to release himself to him even when he made mistakes or wrong judgments in life. And so we began to study some things that David did and we said to ourselves, maybe if we understand this, it would teach us, it would give us insight, it would give us um, detail of how to live our life and also enjoy the mercies, enjoy the favor of the Lord that comes when the Lord himself opened the bank of his loving kindness on us. Praise the Lord. So this evening, I'm just going to try as much as possible to bring us up to speed on how we, what we studied last, uh, sorry, on Sunday, so that we key in as we take off this evening. And on Sunday, if you can remember, we gave two points on which David did. Can somebody remind us, can we have the mic? This is a study, so we'll love to be interactive at first. Uh, Whatever we do, I'm still going to recap, but I just want to see how much we followed up or followed through on Sunday. So can anybody remind us of the two things that we looked at as far as the threshing floor experience was? If perhaps you also want to say, let me give a little bit of recap, you can also do that. Or maybe it's just one point that you just want to dwell on. The mic is uh, available. Let me see how much we are up to speed just before I do the final recap. Anybody, it may just be one thing that you just want to talk about. It's not necessary all, but uh, let's just have contribution. Sorry, let's have input from you so that I'll know where to take us from. Praise the Lord. Do we have anyone that wants to do a quick summary, maybe one of the points or two? Anybody such as that? There should be someone. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. Don't worry whether you raise your hand or not. Just say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Someone wants to bail us out. I'm sure his contribution or his startup will give us confidence as we go. Amen. Good evening, church. Good evening to you as well. Um, what I recall about Sunday's <clears throat> sermon is David advertised God's faithfulness and God's love in his life. And a quick recap, a very brief recap. Um, the threshing floor experience was when um, David practically lost a lot. Just like losing an arm and a leg and still thanking God for life. If I were in that position with the little knowledge I had, I might not have thanked God for that kind of thing. Because I have one leg 
and one arm. What does he want me to use it for? But because he knows how much God loves us, loves him, so he was able to break through the idea of losing something and then thinking it was all over. Because if we have a God like our God, if we lose half, we can expect him giving us a hundredfold of that half we've lost plus incentive. So I think um, the, David just told us, you know, how to, how to also stay cool in uncertain times. That's, his, the, that's the little I have restored in my head. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Please let's appreciate him so very much for, for that. The Lord bless you for your contribution, which is very, very much on point, I must say. Do I have any other person who wants to make a point or two if there is any or if there's none, we move forward uh, irrespective. Any other person, praise the name of the Lord. One more time, let's celebrate him. He was very much on point talking about the very first point that we did mention, which was to advertise the faithfulness of God irrespective of what happened. Now, can anybody remind us of the second point that we talked about? The second point we mentioned too, if you want to look at your note, it is still fine. Number one, we talk about advertising the faithfulness of God. And we also talk about what? Activating the covenant of the loving kindness that exists. Praise the name of the Lord. I say praise the name of the Lord. Now on Sunday, we, there, uh, we very much started with bringing us to the understanding that David also taught us that the faithfulness or the loving kindness of God is better than life. And in fact, in another scripture, he talks about it being as old as ages himself, as old as God himself, reminding us that the loving kindness of God is open, the loving kindness of God is available. And we also read a very important scripture in Jeremiah 9.24, which gave us an insight to understand that, number one, God has the power within himself to exercise three things. If you can remember, the very first was to exercise what? The loving kindness, which is within his power to do that. And number two, what was the second one? Come with me now. Number two is up there. To exercise judgment, which means as the Lord pleases, depending on what happens, he can exercise judgment and that falls within his faithfulness to also do that. What was the third thing we said God can and has the power to exercise? To also exercise his righteousness. So whatever or whichever falls within his power to as he pleases. That's why the Bible says for he delights in this. The word delight there doesn't really mean he enjoys punishing or enjoys doing that. It means actually that it falls within his power to do that. Praise the Lord. If you go to the courts of law, you will hear when the lawyer prays the judge and he tells as he pleases the the. the the, your majesty, which means if he pleases, which means he falls within his power to do that. Now, having understood that God has the power to exercise, number one, his loving kindness, to exercise, number two, his judgment, and to exercise his, um, his righteousness, we then come to the realization and the understanding that we can also um, walk within the powers or walk within the knowledge that we have, like David 
did to also allow God to temper mercy with what? With judgment. We saw clearly that a man has the power to both punish his child and also to forgive that same child. So he can decide to do any of those as long or within the temperaments that he um, exercises at that moment. Then we came to the understanding or to bring us to the story of the threshing floor. If you remember on the threshing floor was a very bitter experience that David had. And on that day, he lost how many men? If you can remember, over 70,000 men. So it falls within David to say to himself, the Lord has been unfaithful to me on this day. Will I rather praise him or what will I do on this day? But we saw on that day that David rather than whine over what God had not done or over the very fact that God decided to place judgment on him, understood that within the power that God has exercised his judgment, within that power also lies the loving kindness that the Lord has shown unto him. So David went about exercising or advertising the faithfulness of God, which we saw by in his writing of this book of Psalms, number 103. So David started by saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me do what? Bless his holy name. And the word bless is the same thing as saying, praise the Lord for what the Lord has done. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I just want to add a little bit or chip in something um, on that part which talk about advertising the faithfulness of God just before we go into the very third um, point that we want to talk about today. I'm just going to add something there that was um, inspired by Pastor Yomi, a video he sent to us. Um, was it on Sunday? I want to believe. That gave me and uh, it, it brought another part of that um, story uh, in the light. Amen. Now, before I go into that, let me just recap the second point which was to activate the what the covenant of the promise which the bible calls the sure mercies of who of david in fact the scripture says i will there's a part of the scripture that was shared that says i will make a covenant with you even the sure mercies of david we came to the understanding that that in itself is in place the same way david made a covenant with jonathan so that even after the death of jonathan wherever the name of jonathan was attached to any man david understood and remembered that he had a promise of loving kindness to show to the person and we saw that come to light and we also came to the understanding that we can also enjoy a covenant of God's loving kindness by the sure mercies of David, the covenant that God tied with David, praise the Lord. And there was a story of a blind man that gave us that clear indication. And as we studied that, we saw that the man was able to activate that covenant by shouting the name of Jesus and tying it to the message of David by saying, Jesus Christ, son of David, do what? Have mercy upon me. The name of the Lord be praised in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says, and Jesus stood still, left everything, attended to him and said, what is it that I may do to you? And he said that I may receive my sight and his sight was made whole. Praise the Lord. I want to believe that summarizes what we studied on Sunday. Does that summarize it? Can I have a response from you? If it does, appreciate the name of the Lord. The name of God be praised. Amen. 
Now let me add to the first point, which I said earlier on, was inspired by a video that Pastor Yomi sent uh, to us. And I'm also going to read it out since we can't play the video. It's all over the internet. You can read it as well. Um, I'm just going to, before I read it, let me just read it very quickly. Because as we came to understand that the threshing floor experience wasn't the best of experience. Is that correct? But David was able to make the best out of it by seeing God's faithfulness even in it. Now, let me read it. It's like a poem, but I'm just going to read it um, regardless. It says, I asked for strength. We've all prayed one prayer or the other. It says, I asked the Lord for strength. And God gave me difficulties to make me strong. I asked God for wisdom and he gave me problems to solve. I asked God for prosperity and God gave me brawn and brains to walk. I asked God for courage and God instead gave me dangers to overcome. I asked him for patience and God placed me in situations where I was forced to wait. I asked God for love and God gave me troubled people to help. I asked him for favors and God gave me but opportunities. He said, I received nothing I wanted. I received everything I needed. My prayers have all been answered. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, whatever it is, sometimes what you may ask for, the Lord may deliver it to you as a threshing floor experience. It may not look like it. Praise the Lord. Let's appreciate the Lord. It may not always look like it. And I'm going to show you very, very briefly here what happened at the end of the threshing floor experience. It was a very beautiful experience. A prayer answered for David that he has waited for a long time, which really matches up with this poem that we've just read. Now, before I go, I just want you to picture very quickly the very top wish you want God to do for you at this point. The number one prayer list that you have, whether for yourself, whether for your children, whether for your family, just picture it at this point and try to put what you are asking God for side by side with what you are going through now. Now, you will find out, most of us will find out, that what we picture in our head or what we, by the reason of our prayer request may not really, really match what we are going through now. Now, let me let you know that one of the prayer requests at some point that David had in his mind. At this point, David had conquered nations upon nations. He has won victories of wars upon victories of wars. He has shown himself as a man who had seen the mercies of God time and time over again. He has come to the point, he has written psalms and poems that have talked about the loving kindness and the sure mercies of God over and over again. But just before this threshing floor experience, the Bible said God had appeared to David and had said to David, I want you to do something for me, which is to build me a temple that is magnificent and like no other. The Bible says, and God gave David this impression. And David began to walk towards the actualization of this dream. For everything you could have asked David, that was the only thing David had not accomplished at this point. 
Now don't think David was a very young man here. He has accomplished, he has conquered nations. And at this point, he wasn't fighting too much of wars. And so he was waiting earnestly. When will God enable me to be able to build him a temple? And he had tried, he had tried, he had planned, but there was no sight that the Lord was going to give him a plan or a guide toward building a temple. Now, so just for a moment, just think for a moment that David is thinking of a permanent site where he's going to build God this wonderful temple, which wasn't coming at this point. And so just think that for a moment. And then all of a sudden, he had an encounter on the threshing floor that he lost 70,000 of his great soldiers. And so we will have clapped for David if in this modern day, he decides to build a monument on the threshing floor. Would that be a bad thing to do? And write the names of the 70,000 people that generations after generations will come and say, oh, wow, so 70,000 people died on this day. And they will keep bringing flowers upon flowers just to remind themselves of the, of the deadly situation that happened on that threshing floor. I love us to look at First Chronicles chapter 21 and verse 45 to verse 25. Now, when David was going through this, this painful experience, the Bible says the word of the Lord came to him and said, you need to go to the threshing floor and raise an altar for me and ask and, and raise an altar and make a bond offering or a peace offering. Now watch what happened carefully. The Bible said that when David and then King David said to Onan, I'm get, let me just give you a brief of what happened before now. So David now identified where the threshing floor was. So as he was approaching, the owner of the threshing floor saw David from a distance. And he ran to him because he was a king. And so he bowed before the king and said, what can I do for the king at this point? And David said to him, I need this plot of land. I need this threshing floor because there is something I need to do for my God right now. And the Bible says, and the man said to him, for anything you need because you are king, I will give it to you. And so he gave him the, the threshing floor for free. And David said, I want to make a sacrifice. And so he brought everything that David required to make a sacrifice and gave it to David for free. But because David understood what it meant, the Bible says, then the king said to him, he said, no, but I will surely buy it for the full price. For I will not take what is yours for the Lord, not offer burnt offering with that which cost me nothing. Verse 25, the Bible says, so David gave Onan 600 shekels of gold by weight for the place. Did he pay the full price or not? So he bought the plot of land. Is that correct? Now, is that threshing floor, David's threshing floor henceforth? Can we say that? So it becomes his own. Is that correct? And so the Bible says, let's go to verse 28. In verse 28, the Bible says, at that time when David saw that the Lord had answered him on the threshing floor of Onan the Jebusite, he sacrificed there. Now, if you go to the accounts in, I think in 1 Samuel, the reason why David had to do the sacrifice here was because the temple of the living God, the Ark of the Covenant was not yet in the temple and David did not have the confidence by the, the, by the judgment they had made to go and plead um, to the Lord in the temple. So he made the sacrifice there. He did not expect that the Lord would answer him on that floor. 
because of the judgment that he thought the Lord would give to him. So the Bible says when the Lord sent down the fire, David was as surprised as you are. As for all that you have done, the Lord still answered me. And the Bible says immediately God answered David. The threshing floor that could have been in monuments of deadly people, the Bible says immediately David discovered that if the Lord will answer me on this threshing floor, then I can as well turn this place to the temple of the living God. Now in the next chapter in First Chronicles chapter 22, let's watch this carefully. The Bible says, then David said, this is the house of the Lord because the Lord has answered me here and he says this is the altar of the bond offering for Israel. The next verse the Bible then says so David commanded that they gather the aliens who were in the land of Israel and he appointed Mason to cut down stones to build what? The house of the Lord. What did he start building? The temple of the Lord. Now let's recap. Let's just put a full stop to this. In Second Chronicles chapter 3 verse 1. The temple was supposed to be started by David by the word of the Lord. And completed by who? And completed by who? By Solomon his son. Now look at when Solomon started to build a temple. The same threshing floor that will have been a bitter experience. The Bible says now Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at where? Let's read together. At Jerusalem on where? On Mount Moriah. Where the Lord had appeared to the father David. At the place that David had prepared what? The threshing floor of Onan for the Jebusite. What will have been a graveyard was an answered prayer that David caught. So whatever you may be experiencing on the threshing floor. The Lord may be using you and preparing you for an answer to a prayer. So you may have been praying right now that the Lord should give you grace to build a temple but you may be going through the threshing floor experience. As much as we do not despise what we go through now, as much as we advertise God in what we see now it may be an answer to the prayer that you are praying. So do not be quick to say to yourself I'm going through what doesn't look like the answer to my prayer. Just keep advertising the faithfulness of God only in that will he open your eyes to see what you are going through, where he's taking you through are you able to say, I like the righteous, though I go through this, the Lord is working something out for good. And that is why that, that poem says, I may ask for strength, but what you may have now may be difficulties. Don't worry, God is preparing you only to be strong. You may ask for wisdom, but what you may be going through here may be problems. It is a threshing floor where God is releasing his kindness so that you can solve what may be going, what you may be requiring. So I, I charge us this evening that you may have a threshing floor. Let's continue in it. That threshing floor will become the foundation of the temple of your success, the foundation of the temple of an answered prayer and so shall it be to the glory of the Lord. Let's celebrate the name of the Lord for his grace. The name of the Lord be praised. Amen. So I just thought I should add that and um, God help me. I, I, I hope I was able to do justice to that. Hallelujah. Now let's look at the very third thing that we want to look at this evening. It's just going to be a brief one, but very detailed enough for us to do what we need to have this evening. Amen. Now the third 
the third part we're going to look at according to what the life of what David taught us is going to require a bit of wisdom it's going to require a bit of understanding. It's going to require a bit of guardians for us to be able or to have the audacity to do that. Because it requires you sowing a seed. It requires you doing something that you may not really feel like doing sometimes. It may be difficult to do it, but it may be required because David did it. And because David did it and enjoyed the loving kindness of God, we can as well do it and also enjoy sin. Praise the Lord. Now, before I go to that, I'm going to show you something that David told his son Solomon to follow just to be able to reap out of this. So David experienced this and he had to advise his son David, to, to his son Solomon to follow it carefully. Now let's have 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 14 to 15. 2 Samuel 7 verse 14 to 15. Now before we read, let me just, let me just put us to remembrance. When God asked, I think in the very first Sunday, pastor read this scripture to us. When God asked Solomon, what is it that you want me to do for you after he has made a thousand bull sacrifice in one day? Flooded the whole city with blood just to please the Lord. What was the one thing that Solomon asked for? Anybody? Very simple. What did Solomon ask for? For what? Let's have a chorus answer for wisdom and what? knowledge wisdom and knowledge or wisdom and understanding now let me ask when god asked david solomon this question do you think it took him time to think about the answer god said tell me that one thing you want me to do for you and i will grant it to you do you think it took solomon a while to think of the answer do you think anybody and just tell me why. Do you think Solomon said, let me go and think about it? Do you think the answer or answer was very instantaneous? Let's just have a discourse here. And if you think he delayed, let's know why you think so. If you think he gave God an instant answer, let's also think why you know, let's know why you think so. Anybody? Do you think the answer was instantaneous? Pastor Yomi said yes. Does anybody concur to that? Do you want to say something? Okay, let's hear you. So God said to David, so Solomon, what is that one thing you want me to do? I will read in scripture that Solomon said, grant me wisdom and grant me understanding that I may be able to lead these great people that you have given to me. Do you think that answer was instantaneous? And if you think so, can you tell me why? According to the knowledge I have prior the discussion of Solomon's request, I mean, um, answer to God's answer, I would have said he delayed. Because if, as a person, if the Almighty asks me what do I want, mm. now I already have an answer. But before I had an answer, I would definitely delay. Because I don't want to be vain and dense and saying I want um, prosperity. However, I don't have the mental capacity to let the prosperity last long. But I think pastor said one time that he was able to give the answer accurately to God because his mother already instilled it in him, if I'm not mistaken, that chapter. So now with that knowledge established, did he tally, I mean tarry, 
No, he did not. Okay. Would I have tarried? Yes, I would have. Praise the Lord. Please let's appreciate him. Come on, let's appreciate him, church. Now, I'm asking this question because I'm going somewhere. Does anybody have any other addition to that? Do you think he, he tarried? Do you think he stuttered? Now, let me ask you. Let's just bring it home. Do you have a desire in your heart right now? Does anybody? You have, a very, you have your desire of what you want God to do right now. Do you? You go to the Lord in prayer. To some of us, every day you pray, you pray about that same prayer point. Do you? Do we do that? So if you are in that stage where you have a desire, you pray about it every day. If God appears to you and say, what will you want me to do to you? Will you really think about what you are going to tell the Lord? Let's be realistic here. Will you think, if you, just, if you really want a, 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 a good job right now, and God appears to you and say, what will you have me do to you? Will you think about it? Most likely you would not. If you read all through scripture, when God appeared to men, when Jesus appeared to men, he appeared to them and he appeared to like the, the blind man we read on Sunday. He said, what will you want me to do? Do you think the man thought about it? Everyone have a pressing need that you're praying for. What did the man say he wanted? He said that I may what? Receive my sight. In the same other chapters, God, Jesus will appear to a lame man and they'll ask him, what will you want me to do? Instantly, he will say that I may what? have my ability to walk. So Solomon did not really think about it because it was something that was brewing in his heart for a long time and we're going to see that. Now you will see by the reason of this teaching this evening that his father had prepared him for that one request. His father had prepared him for that one request because God had told his father, look, as far as loving kindness is concerned, I've given it to you in full measure. And not only have I given to you, I'm going to give your son Solomon in full measure. Let's read together. Let me read rather while you listen. This is 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 14. I just want to establish why wisdom is important. Knowledge is important for us to do this last thing in order to gain the loving kindness of God. Now this is Solomon speaking here. No, this is God speaking to Solomon concerning what he wants to do. Then he said, I will be his father. Now this is God speaking what he will do to Solomon and saying it to David. At this point, in, in verses before now, God had told David, you will build me a temple, but you will not complete it, but your son Solomon will complete it. David did not have problem with that. He would have told David, look, in your child's um, reign, he will have no need to fight any battle because I will end every battle in his stead. The Bible says, and God said to David, this is what I will do to your son Solomon. Now, if you think David enjoyed God's mercy, Solomon enjoyed it in full measures. The Bible says, I will be his father and he shall be my what? My son. He says, if he commits iniquity like you did, David, he says, I will do what? I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the son of men. Very simple punishment. In verse 15, the next verse, the Bible says, But my mercy shall not, what, depart from him, as I did, what, as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. In other words, God had, an, had assured David that his son Solomon will not, will not need to, look, your son Solomon will not need to pray for loving kindness. 
If he does anything wrong, the way I punish you on the threshing floor, I will not do same to him. I will love him instead. I will chastise him with the rod of men. And like a man would chastise another man, but not like God. And he says, I will love him and I will give him loving kindness like never before. Now, when David heard this word, in 1 Chronicles chapter 22 from verse 11, David then decided, David began to tell Solomon the same words that God told him. He said, look at what God said. He said, God have told me I will build a temple, you will complete it. Solomon said, no problem, sir. He said, in your days, I will have fought all the battles, you will fight no battle, no issues. Now, the Bible says, and Solomon, David began to advise his son. He said, look, as far as loving kindness is concerned, it is not about God showering it. You will need something to help you the same way we've been learning this uh, from Sunday up, up, Sunday up till now. How we need to key into his um, covenant, how we need to advertise his faithfulness. The Bible says, and David then said to Solomon, he said, now my son. May the Lord be with you and may the Lord prosper you and, and build you the house of the Lord your God as he has said he will. Give us the next verse. The Bible says, and David said to his son Solomon, I have seen him give me wisdom. I have seen him give me loving kindness. I have seen him give me mercies. But there's one thing you will ask if you have an opportunity to ask him for anything. Don't repeat answer to prayers. Don't ask for, for, for your enemies because he, will, he has promised he will never fight a battle. Don't ask for him to give you loving kindness. He has promised you will have it in excess. He said, I made a mistake in my lifetime. I had God's loving kindness, but I made mistakes that I, I shouldn't have made, but God helped me irrespective. I will not like you to make the same mistake. So he told, he told his son Solomon, in verse, 20, in verse 12, he says, only one thing you will ask. Only that may the Lord give you what? Wisdom and may the Lord give you what? Understanding. And give you charge concerning what? Israel. Whatever he's saying, he say that he bless you so much, but you will need wisdom and understanding that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. So David had prepared him for that answer. So for a long time, his son Solomon had been praying, Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, give me what? Understanding. In this loving kindness that you have shown me how to get, at least also give me wisdom to be able to key myself into achieving it. And that is why in Second Chronicles 1 verse 8, when the Lord God appeared to Solomon and he said to him, what will you love me to give to you? If you read the account from the upper part, Solomon began to tell God what the Lord had promised him already. And he says, and Solomon said, you have shown great mercies to who? David, my father, and have made him king over and made me king in his place. In verse and made me king in his place. So he began to tell the Lord what the Lord had done for him. But in verse 10, David Solomon was very precise. Don't think he was a very wise man before now. His wisdom started after this, after he had followed thoroughly with God what his father had told him. His father says, if you have an encounter with God, if you will ask for anything, 
Ask for what? For wisdom and understanding. And the Bible says when David, when Solomon had that opportunity, the Bible says, and Solomon said to God, now give me what? The same thing that the father told him. Wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before these people for whom you have made me judge of these great people of yours. So can you see that Solomon did not have to think for it because he had been guided to ask for it from his father David. So it's one thing for David to teach us about how to get loving kindness. There's another thing to understand that without knowledge and understanding, we can make useless of what is already available. And this evening, the Lord will give us wisdom in the mighty name of Jesus. And so Solomon David said, as you have all seated here, You understand that you can ask God or receive loving kindness from God by doing what? By advertising his faithfulness and by number two, keying into that covenant. But there's a third thing you need to understand that wisdom will guide you to have the courage to do that. And we call it the law of attraction, sowing a seed of kindness. Praise the Lord. I say sowing a seed of kindness. Now this is important because... All through scripture, the Bible have taught us and have shown us, which we're going to see in a moment. The Bible says, seed time and harvest time shall not what? Shall always be in the surface of the earth. Now, you will get to understand in life that it will get to the point where to forgive people or to show kindness will be difficult in life. You will get to a point where to show kindness will not be expected to be dependent on our emotions. People will wrong us. People will do what is wrong. But at the end of the day, God expects us to to do what? To still show kindness. We're going to see a very quick scripture in, in the Bible where Solomon, where David himself showed kindness to Saul, irrespective of what he went through. Two times the Bible recorded that David had opportunity to slay Saul. But in all, he understood by wisdom and understanding that it is not possible or it is not wise for anyone to slay the anointed of the Lord. So we may be quick to say, the Lord has given me opportunity or blessed me. There is no need to meet for me to show kindness to the woman that I stayed with when I was young. She did not take care of me. In fact, she threw me in the street. And so now I have come of age and I've come in the place of position. Now I will not show kindness. We've seen people in that state. It's God have taken us to those places. God is expecting us to show kindness irrespective. Like David, he had opportunity to slay Saul. Saul tried to kill him a number of times. But if God places you in the place of position, what will you do with the kindness that he has placed in your hand? Will wisdom tell you that irrespective, still show kindness because you will need it in the future? And so we will see very quickly that the more kindness we place, the more kindness we sow, sow, the Lord is also going to replicate that because seed time and harvest time shall not do what? Shall continue to be as long as the earth remaineth. Praise the Lord. Multimedia quickly help us with Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 17. We're going to read from the NIV. Proverbs chapter 19 and in verse 17. Now, the Bible says, whoever is kind to the poor does what? Lends to the what? To the Lord. And he will reward them for what they have what? For what they have done. 
Whoever is kind to the poor. Now, don't think the poor here really means those people who begs on the road. Poor may mean someone who have low estates to do whatever he needs to do. Someone who, for instance, cannot take care of his child. No, that can even fall to money things. But poor doesn't mean that you do not have money. It may be you having need of a favor. Let's just put it that way. The Bible says, be kind whatsoever to those who are in poor. Because we are doing what? We are lending to the Lord. In, 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 in 1 Samuel chapter 26, let's look at 1 Samuel 26 from verse 9 to 10. And let's quickly see how David had the opportunity to slay Saul. And then he, instead of slaying Saul, wisdom was able to direct him to say, look, you have this loving kindness. Don't blow it by taking revenge, for vengeance belongs to to the Lord. The Bible says, but David said to Abishai, now Abishai was his, his right hand man, who has said to him, look, the Lord has placed you in a good position. There is absolutely no need for you to spare Saul at this point. The same way the enemy can give us an iota of false uh, truth that tells us, look, the Lord has placed you in this position. It is not in your prerogative. Don't feel offended if you don't help anyone. The help you have today or wherever we had today is not the end that we've gotten to. We still have room for God's loving kindness. The Bible says, and so David said to Abishai, do not destroy him for who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless. Now this was the second time that David had opportunity to kill Saul. The very first time, the Bible records in chapter 24, two chapters before now, that he actually was told to do so. And he intended to do so. He drew his sword and he went all the way to do so. But when he got to where Saul was, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came upon him by the reason of the spirit of wisdom and understanding and said, you cannot do this. And so what did David do? He only cut off a piece of his clothing and he went to the mountaintop and he showed him, look, I have cut this piece. I had the power to do this. But irrespective, I will still show kindness to you. And so I don't know where you are at now. And then you are saying to yourself, I have come to the point where I cannot forgive the people behind me. I just have to continue by reason of paying evil for evil or whatever you may say. And sometimes you may not look as if you are doing evil. It's just doing what is right within the powers that you have. I'll give you an example of what happened to me personally that gave me an impression that truly God can release kindness to those who are kind. I had an instance where someone did something that was very wrong and really rightfully so I had the powers within my, myself like we've read to exercise judgment or to do whatever was within me. And not taking time, when I heard of the news, I immediately called the fellow and I said, this is what you did and this is what I heard you did. And so I am so displeased by what you have done. And so for what you have done, I'm going to do this and do that because of what you have done. And rightfully so, what I wanted to do was within my power and everyone who will have heard it wouldn't have blamed me for doing such a thing. And so I said to him, this is what I have decided and this is what I've made up my mind to do. Just to let you know what you have done is wrong and let's just do it that way and let's all be happy. 
And the person was very, very remorseful. And before I know, within the space of three days, I had calls from all my family members saying, we heard what this fellow did. We can't believe this fellow did this kind of thing. But because the fellow have done this, truly you have the right to do this. And they said, don't do this to the person. Don't do what you have proposed in your heart. And I said, no, I will still continue to do it. I'll go ahead because that would deter the person from doing it and going forward. Would I have been wrong doing that on yes or wrong? So I had the power to do that and I had my mind all made up to do it. And at the end of the day, everybody had tried to convince me, but I already made my mind up. And all of a sudden, I had a call from my elder brother, who I know of a truth, if he was in my shoe, would have done worse off. So when he called me, I was happy, and saying, at least I'm going to get someone to encourage me to do what I wanted to do. Praise the name of the Lord. And so he called me as well, and also said, I heard this, and I heard that this uh, social person did this to you. And he said, I'm so displeased, and I can't believe the person did that to you. And he said to me, go ahead and do whatever you want to do. I encourage you to do it. But on the second thought, I've said to myself, I've never begged you for anything for a very long time, but I wish you go ahead with this. But I am tempted to say to you, please, for my sake, let it be the first time I'm begging you for something for a long time. Don't do what I will have done in, my, in your stead. He said, let, don't, let, don't do what I will have done so that you don't become like me. And those words really shocked me. I said, if I've done this thing, really nobody will have said I've done evil. But someone will have said you have done this and you have looked like so-so-so person. And that plea melted my heart like no other. And I said to myself, this is what I would do and this is what I would do. Against what I thought I would do, I was able to show kindness at the end of the day. And when I... In, in a short moment, the word came in Grace Assembly when pastor preached about the loving kindness. And I never saw in the fact that if you have to enjoy God's loving kindness, there will be seasons in our lives where we'll be asked to sow a great seed of kindness to someone who we have the power to exercise judgment. And as we sow that seed, God is waiting in the future to say, for what you lent me to the poor, I am here to reward you and give you in double portion. And we all know God, that whatever we sow in one piece will always come will always come back to us in multiple portion, and that shall be our portion in the name of Jesus. Let's just celebrate God for His word. The name of the Lord be praised. Amen. Let's look at Psalms number eighteen, verse twenty-five, from the Amplified version. Psalms eighteen, verse twenty-five. In Psalm eighteen, verse twenty-five, let's look at what the Scripture says. He says, with the kind, the merciful, the faithful, and the loyal. He says, God will do what? Let's read. God will show himself what? To the who will he show himself kind? So he will show himself kind to those who are what? Kind. He says, I will show myself kind to those who are kind. With the blameless, you will also show yourself to be what? To be blameless. In fact, in Matthew 5, verse 7, um, multimedia, can you help us with that? I think it's the, the beatitude. He says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain what? Mercy. Blessed are the kind, for they shall obtain also what? Kindness. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, just before we bring this to a close, I'm just going to show us another dimension in the story of Ruth against Boaz. 
And also that story happened on a threshing floor. Praise the Lord. Multimedia will help us with Ruth chapter 3. And we're going to read from verse 2 to 3 and then we'll jump to verse 10. Ruth chapter 3 verse 2 to verse 3 and then we'll jump all the way to verse 10. Sowing a seed of kindness. Now, this is a story, and one of the things we want to pick out of this story is how we can prepare ourselves. If you sow a seed, let me ask a question. If you sow a seed, what will you be expecting? What will you be expecting? And the harvest, am I correct? So if you sow a seed that should harvest in six months, what will you be doing at the end of the fifth month? Won't you be preparing for the harvest? Is, there, is it reasonable for us to start preparing for harvest? Now, we're going to see here that if you sow a seed of kindness, should you be preparing to receive kindness? Should you? Now, on the threshing floor, if you ever have a threshing floor experience and you sow a seed of kindness, will it be out of place if we start preparing ourselves to receive rewards of kindness? Not at all. Now, you're going to see what Ruth did. In preparation to reap a seed that their mother-in-law and herself has sown out of kindness. Now we're going to read very quickly. I'm just going to read to your hearing. Verse 2, we're going to read verse 3 and I'm going to jump to verse 10. The Bible says, Now Boaz, which was, who was a relative of Ruth, having heard what Ruth did, not turning away from the mother-in-law, and the news was everywhere that Ruth had shown kindness like never before for the mother-in-law. Not anywhere was it heard that a woman would stick with the mother-in-law for a long time such as Ruth did. Boaz heard of the news and his heart was so elated and he said, for this woman that have done this, Boaz himself has set his eyes on Ruth before now because of the loving kindness that Ruth had shown. And the story also have it that Boaz had the power in his hands to also show Ruth kindness. Now let's read as I've laid the foundation. The Bible says, Now Boaz, whose young women were with him... Okay, let me read again. Now Boaz, whose young women... You were with, pardon me. This is now um, the mother-in-law speaking to Ruth. He says, now Boaz, whose young women you were with, is he not our relative? He said, in fact, he is whining barley tonight at the well, at the threshing floor. Now, let me tell you one thing about the threshing floor. Take the threshing floor like a workplace. It was a dirty workplace. You get there, you have wheat all over the place, and then you have to be hitting the wheat so that you can separate it from the shaft. Sometimes you are rich enough, you have an ox who is going to do the tramping and the walking around. But at this point, there were men and women who were doing the work. And so the mother-in-law says, now go to the threshing floor where Boaz is seated. In verse 3, the Bible then says, Therefore, do what? Wash yourself. Therefore, also what? Anoint yourself. Now, you cannot wash yourself. You cannot necessarily have to bath or anoint yourself when you are going to the threshing floor. Not at all. It's like saying you take your bath, use a perfume, prepare yourself, and then go to the farm. This is what our what mother-in-law was saying. But you need to understand that there were seeds of kindness that were sown before now. And by the spirit, the mother-in-law knew that today is the day of harvesting kindness of what we have sown. The mother-in-law says, therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself. Put on your what? 
your best garments. This evening I've come to announce to you for every kindness you have shown, you have shown in time past, it is time to wear the best garment to be ready to harvest the loving kindness that God is ready to shower. The Bible says, wash yourself, anoint yourself, put on your best smiles, your best garments, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and finished what? Drinking. Remember we said, to take this part of sowing and receiving, you need a lot of knowledge and understanding and guidance from God. The same thing David said to Solomon, in this part of life, you will need to sow and you need knowledge to know when to reap it. The same way the mother-in-law was saying to Ruth, we have sown a lot of kindness. God is telling us by the Spirit, it's time to harvest it. He says, prepare yourself this time. You may be going to the painful threshing floor experience again, or when you have the threshing floor experience that was painful, but God is saying, prepare yourself, anoint yourself, but do not go there yet until the man had done eating and he has done what? Drinking. Let's go to verse 10 and see what Boaz actually did. The Bible said in verse 10, then Boaz said to her, he says, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter. What did he say? For you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning. Now, this kindness he was referring to was the kindness that they showed to the mother-in-law or she showed to the mother-in-law. And he says, you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning. He says, in that, in that you did not go after the young men, whether they were poor or whether they were rich. And the Bible said the best thing that would have happened to Ruth, that which we know, was him getting married to Boaz. And Boaz said, because you have shown kindness to your mother-in-law at the beginning and also shown kindness to me at this point. And the Bible says, for the dream of for the dream of Ruth, which was to get married to this man, the Bible says he had the power to choose Ruth or not to choose Ruth. But, but for what Ruth did, the kindness of yesteryears to the mother-in-law, which, which Boaz had heard over time, the Bible says, and Boaz elected that the woman he will marry will be Ruth. And we know the story of Ruth, how he got to the lineage of the elected and how he got to the lineage of the chosen. The threshing floor may have not been the best place she wanted to be, but by the reason of knowledge, the mother-in-law... In, advised her what she had to do at the right time. Did she show or did she reap what she showed or not? Yes, she actually did. And so by the word of the Lord, it is time like never before. Wisdom is profitable to tell you that you may not feel like sowing a seed. To someone here, it may be your boss. To someone here, it may be your father. To someone here, it may be a friend that you do not feel like showing kindness to. It falls within your power, but you don't feel like it. And you are not obliged to because it falls within your judgment power not to. But tonight God is telling you, and God is telling me as well, this may not be the time to, to, to exercise judgment. It's a time to exercise kindness to whoever and however you feel like. You may not just feel like doing it, but God is saying, let go of it. Sow another seed of kindness because I am waiting at the threshing floor. Come at the threshing floor at the right time. Prepared for the harvest and the harvest will surely and truly be ours in the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. I say praise the name of the Lord. Amen.
So finally, I'll have us to read Matthew, sorry, Luke chapter 6 and verse 36. And after which we're going to start from reading again the book of Psalms 103 from verse 1 to 4. In Luke chapter 6 verse 36, as we bring this to a close, the Bible says, this is a final charge. It says, therefore, be merciful just as your father is also what? Merciful. The loving kindness of God is not only associated to God. God is saying, I am a merciful God. I'm a loving God. I'm a kind God. But irrespective of how much you want me to show it to you, I also expect you to show it in the fullness of measure that lies within your power. He says, therefore be merciful just as your father in heaven is also merciful. And so to bring this to a close, let's start again to read Psalms 103 and we're going to read from verse 1 all the way to verse 4. Now having this understanding that the threshing floor experience wasn't the best of experience, but if we are careful enough to advertise the faithfulness of God, number one, God can turn a threshing floor experience to a same temple experience that David had. We've come to also realize that if we come to understand that we have a covenant with God, which is called the sure message of God, we can activate that same covenant and have ourselves fulfilling and working in the message of God by calling on the name of Christ, calling on the name of God, and attaching our prayers to the message of God. And we've come to also understand that we can sow a seed of kindness and we reap also the seed of kindness in the future. And we've come to say again, like David said in Psalms 103 verse 1, David said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me do was bless his word, holy name. Verse 2, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do what? Forget not how many of his benefits, all his benefits. Number 3, he says, Who forgives what? All your iniquities. Can anybody tell us which iniquity David was referring to here? Which iniquity was he referring to? On that threshing floor, which iniquity was he referring to? The counting of the people. That was iniquity that David was referring to. He wasn't referring to the other iniquities that he committed. This was the counting of the people that, 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 that angered God to slay the 7,000 men. He says, who forgives all your iniquities? Let's test our knowledge again. He says, who heals all your diseases? Can anybody remember the disease he was referring to? The plague that was killed the 7,000 men. 70,000 men. This was a plague that David was referring to. Verse 4, let's read verse 4. He says, who redeems your life from what? Destruction. Who was he referring to and how did God redeem his life from destruction? Remember, the sin of the 70,000 was supposed to be on David. But the Bible says, and God spared David and took the 70,000 lives of his, of, his, of his soldiers. So David said, who redeems your life from destruction? And how were all these possible? Because the Lord had crowned him with what? With his loving kindness and what? And tender mercy. Somebody celebrate the name of the Lord for the grace and that shall be our portion in that. You can do much better than that. Let's celebrate the word. 
And so it is important to have this understanding that as the word of the Lord has come to us in Grace Assembly, the loving kindness of the Lord is open. And we come to understand that not only when his loving kindness opens, we now start to enjoy what Pastor Steve was talking to us on Wednesday, the favor of the Lord, the mercies of the Lord, answers to prayers, and so shall it be in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the name of